as you find your seats, and you can turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 2. We've had roses before, but look at the baby's breath. Wow. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Emmeline, Grace, Pitch, uh, a newest addition to our covenant family, uh, the firstborn to the Pitch family. Uh, This is exciting. I had the privilege of marrying Amy and Ethan and now seeing God blessing them with a a, uh, child. We are so excited for this baby girl and just truly rejoice. God, has God not blessed us? Are we not a blessed congregation? We certainly are. It's great to see all the young people. It really is. All right, how was your 4th of July week? Good week? Everybody have their digits? All right. I hope you all didn't do anything illegal. Uh, this is the, actually the first year in many years that we've been here in Florida. Uh, usually over the 4th of July weekend, we go to my folks' cottage in upstate New York, and every year we go to the firework display down at the end of the, uh, uh, end of the uh, lake. And you know, when you go to a really, really rinky-dink uh, firework display... And that's all you know. It's wonderful. Uh, this year we went to Altamont Springs. I could never go back to that one back there. Wow. I mean, that was amazing. Uh, I don't know what was uh, more amazing, the crowd afterwards and trying to get home or the firework display. But I do hope you all had a uh, tremendous week celebrating the reality that we live in a country where we're free. We're free to do this. We are free to worship and thank God. But really, we gather here to say, but we're free in Christ. That's what we're really excited about. This week, I had something uh, real special happen to me this week. I had a chance to go and be a, a speaker for a banquet of U.S. military all-star baseball team. Kind of interesting. Um, from every branch of, of military service, they pulled together this all-star team. Um, they wear pretty hideous uniforms. They're camouflaged. And they got USA on them. But I was just so proud. Uh, they asked me to come and, and address uh, uh, the, the group. They're going to play semi-pro and pro teams here locally. And I said, I hope you know I'm going to talk about Jesus. And they said, yes, we do. We invited a preacher. We expected you to, to talk about Jesus. And again, what a joy. Just in, as we celebrate our independence and all that our country's about, for me to be able to uh, stand right there with the military personnel and address them, it was awesome. And my summer right now is pretty consumed with baseball. It's amazing if I'm either addressing the military, but right now the main thrust is the 12-year-olds that I have a chance to uh, coach, help coach our 12-year-old Maitland All-Star team. We had a game on Tuesday. As you know, afternoon games have a tendency to be rained out. So they said, okay, coach, we're going to reschedule you for Sunday. At 1130. I'm a preacher and I'm preaching on keeping the Sabbath holy. (laughs) This is a problem. Can you believe it? It's true. They scheduled it for 1130. Uh, We were able to petition and we got it moved till two. Um, But what an incredible, incredible uh, time it has been. You know, a lot of changes in in Little League Baseball. And I don't expect many of you all to keep up on it. But... When you coach a team now, the rules have changed. In the old days, when many of you maybe played, um, they would have one pitcher that was really, really talented, 
and a coach that was really, really zealous. That's usually a bad combination. And so a coach who wants to win and a pitcher who can throw uh, the lights out of a baseball. And they would often parade that poor young man, 12 years old, up to the pitch every single game. Every single pitch. Well, it's not a, it's not a natural motion. It, it does uh, quite a bit of tear if you're not careful on a young developing arm. So Little League has instituted a rule called a pitch count. It's, it's, it's excellent. What it does is there's a certain amount of pitches that a young man can throw or a young woman. Uh, we had some girls uh, pitch against us even in the All-Stars, which was great. Uh, but once they reach a certain threshold, they have to rest. For example, if you pitch more than 20 pitches, you have to have a day's rest. If you pitch more than 46, you have to have two days in a game. And if you pitch up to 85, you have to come out. You no longer will we'll be able to see a, a zealous coach parade and abuse a kid because they know that we need rest. It's not good to go, 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 go. God gave us a pitch count in life because He knows that we have the tendency with the same zealousy, zealous uh, kind of attitude to go, 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 go. To win at all costs at life. To keep going. To be burned to a crisp. And so God says, the pitch count for your life should be this. Six days. Six days to work. Six days to do worldly activities. One day to worship. One day to rest. We're going to look at this, uh, keeping the Sabbath holy. And we're going to look at four areas uh, pretty briefly. And then give you some practical applications of how we might observe this. But again, I think this is lost on us. A very, very busy, busy congregation. A very, very busy time in many of our lives. How is it with you? If God were looking at a pitch count of six days and one, how are you doing? What's, what's your... Indicator like, is your arm sore? Is your life sore? Well, let me ask God's blessing on this and let's dive right into this. Let's pray together. Father God, we truly need you every hour. And God, I really, really need you in this hour. And Father, I ask that you would bless me now, not so that I'm a blessing in and of myself, but that you would bless me as your son so that I can communicate your word. And Father, I confess that oftentimes I live my life and I don't keep the Sabbath holy. Many times, Father, I have blurred that which you've called me to do and live my life like today we're like any others. I've forgotten you. I've been too busy. And oftentimes I've failed how to rest. Don't know how to rest. So Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters, for the young people that are living their lives like a rat race right now, that Father, that you would speak to us. We need to know what in the world this means. What does it mean to keep the Sabbath holy? Why is it important? Why do you care about it? And God, I pray that you would show us how much you do care about us because of this. 
And God, that you would show us Jesus and we would be just amazed at the the rest that we have in him. God, do that which only you can do. I don't have words, Father, that can communicate life change that we need, but you do, Jesus. So please speak through a broken vessel. God, open up our ears to hear from you. Illumine our minds, Holy Spirit, that we can understand. Break to pieces our cold, stony hearts so that we can embrace. And oh, for your glory and for our good and the advancement of your kingdom. God, empower our feet that we walk out of here different, that we really would be different. We would understand what you have for us. You receive glory. Give us challenge and give us joy. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, the way we're going to begin today is a little bit different. Um, We're going to begin by looking at uh, a question and answer out of the Westminster, Westminster Larger Catechism of what is it to keep the Sabbath holy? Because God's Word says to us that we are to have one day in seven set aside the Lord's Day for worship and rest. But most of us probably don't know exactly what in the world that means. And so I'm going to have up on the screen here in a few moments a question to Westminster Larger Catechism, question number 117, and read the uh, answer. Do me a favor. This will be the only springboard we have kind of into our text and into our sermon. So let's look at this together and giving our full attention. Keeping the Sabbath holy. What in the world does that mean? Well, the question is asked, how is the Sabbath or the Lord's Day to be sanctified or to be set apart or to be holy? And the answer, the Sabbath or Lord's Day is to be sanctified by a holy resting all the day. So it's called for a day of rest. Not only from such works as are at all times sinful, well, we should always resist those, but even from such worldly employments and recreations as on our other days lawful. It's basically saying this. There should be a day in our week that we turn off our cell phones. There should be a day in our week where our blackberries aren't humming. There should be a day in our week where we shut it off. Business owners, partners in law firms, teachers, students. Amazingly, God is prescribing to us one day in seven to shut it down. Also says from recreations. I remember when I stood for ordination, um, I had to say, what did I oppose to the Westminster Confession of Faith? And one of the things I said was, when I understand recreations, to me, if I'm swimming in the pool with my kids, if I'm out tossing the ball, that is rest, that is recreation, I think is lawful, it's okay. But this is really saying that there was one day that should be set apart. And making it our delight. This is not a burden. This is not something that God wants to do. So we sit down and think God is really angry with us and he wants this to be a big, he wants to be a big killjoy in our life. No, he wants this. He wants this to be a delight to spend the whole time, except so much of it as is be taken up in works of necessity and mercy. So those things that we have to do, cooking meals, um, those things that we have to do, uh, maybe mercy ministry. In the public and private exercise of God's worship. This is a day, not just for this hour. This is a day that God has set aside for you to worship Him. To truly focus. Every day is to worship Him. But today is a day that should be markedly different. And not just this hour. And to that end, we are to prepare our hearts. That really, there'll some... some uh, forethought has to go into this. That we got to prepare for today. We can't just show up all out of breath on Sunday. 
We're supposed to prepare for this day. Prepare our hearts and with such foresight, diligence, and moderation to dispose uh, and seasonably dispatch our worldly business that we may, may be more free and fit to the duties of today. It's a great explanation. I know it's a little bit wordy, but basically this is a day that God has created for us to worship and for us to rest. And we're going to look at four parts. So let's go. You'll see in your bulletin, there'll be an insert if you want to follow along um, and it with an insert with a uh, outline for you. The first thing is this, that you and I have been created from the very beginning to enjoy Sabbath rest. This is something that comes out of creation itself. Look with me to Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 2, looking at God's holy and errant word, picks up again with creation. It says in verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Again, God wasn't tired, showing completeness. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. You see, right from creation itself, it gives us a cadence of life. Unbelievably, from the beginning, God gives us a rhythm that we should be living our lives. God himself demonstrated that, living, that rhythm, that we are to engage six days and rest one. God himself showed us that pattern. He said that one day is to be holy. That one day is to be set aside. Do all you can do in that six days, that's fine. Uh, within moderation, but make sure that one day you have rest. God has given us a pattern for living and a pattern for resting. Many of us are weary. We talked last week about busyness and on purpose I put these two together. That God is calling us not only to avoid the sin of busyness, but then to learn how to rest in Holy Sabbath. God created, did not create you and me to work nonstop. And somehow we live in a society that we applaud those who seem tireless, who seem to be able to put in those extra hours, who show up maybe on the weekend. But I want you to know, God has not created you or me not to stop. And there's a reason why he's created us to stop. There's a rhythm of life. I love what God has done. You know what here he's done? And as we look at what God has done, we've got to make sure that we are doing the same. You see, God separated his identity from his work. He worked for six days, but he didn't want his work to be his only identity. He didn't want creation alone to be worshipped. He wanted to be worshipped as the creator. So God stopped and said, it's not about creation. It's about the creator. I was in Publix uh, this week. I stopped in Publix and I saw a bumper sticker. And it said this, tree-hugging dirt worshiper. Okay, pretty much declaring what they believe. They're going to believe and they're going to worship creation. And God is saying we should worship just the creator. He separated a day to make sure that we're not just worshiping creation. And make sure that his identity wasn't just creation, that he was separate as the creator. Here's the deal. If your identity is in what you do, you won't be able to stop. 
If your identity is in who you are as a businessman or woman, who you are and what you do for an employment, you won't be able to stop. Because as soon as you let your guard down, as soon as you stop, you might lose that identity. And God never wants, I don't care if, if, you're, if you're a hero like a stay-at-home or a working mom. I don't care if you are where you are on the corporate ladder, if you're the CEO or if you're the janitorial staff. God never wants your identity to be in what you do. It's in who you are. And he creates a Sabbath rest for us to be mindful And he showed us, I want to separate what we do from who we are. God did it himself. So we can't rest when our identity is in our work. How is it with you? Is your real identity, is it, is it what's on your business card? Is it what you can tell people that you do for a living? Or is it who you are in Christ? You see, we forget. He says, I want you to stop. Not only we can't rest when we find our security in our work. If, if our security is in what we have, and I tell you right now, it's pretty insecure, I would imagine. Imagine most of your retirement accounts are, are low as they've ever been. The security right now we find in our economy is it's a scary time. But if your security is in your work, you will not stop working. Because you'll never have enough. John D. John D. Rockefeller was once asked, How much money is enough? And his response was, just a little bit more. We've got to look at our hearts. We've got to say, is our security really in the Lord? Do we really believe that God will give us our daily bread? Do we really believe that we will stop? And when we stop, He will provide. And oftentimes it's a heart check. If we're unable to stop, we may have to say our security is is in what we do and what we earn. We can't rest if your life is in your work. It's unbelievable, but it's true that, that uh, we were created to work. Work is not bad in and of itself. God has created us to work. We're going to work in the new heavens and new earth. But if that's our life, if that's when we really live, we have issues. God shows us a pattern for living. He says, listen, you've got to have six on and one off. And with that, he's going to say, we're going to do this to make sure that your identity, that your security and your life are not in what you do. You and I were not created to be able to go 24-7 without a break. It dishonors and displeases God. He has created a Sabbath for us to rest and for us to enjoy. How is it with you? How do you do keeping the Sabbath? When was the last time you really had that day where you shut it all down? It should be in our memory enough that one in seven, every Sunday, that's the Lord's day. Not only do we see, this is amazing, this is a, this is a creation ordinance. It's also commanded for us to obey the Sabbath. Look in Exodus 20. Exodus is very, Exodus 20, very famous. This is where we get the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day. I love it. Why does this command start off with remember? Because he's already given it to us in creation. This is a creation ordinance. It's a creation command. 
And now in the top ten, in the Ten Commandments, God's Word is going to say, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God has not only created us to enjoy Sabbath rest, He's commanded us. It's a command to obey Sabbath rest. But truthfully, I think that we have a tendency to kind of pick and choose which ones we're going to listen to and obey. I mean, I think if I were again to preach today and talk about the Ten Commandments and say, Thou shall not kill, everybody say, Of course not, yeah. Thou shall not commit adultery? Well, absolutely not. Maybe thou shall not covet, have no other gods before me, no idols. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm with you. But keep the Sabbath holy? I mean, we got to understand. This was important enough to God to be part of the top ten. Are we living our lives hand-picking, picking and choosing? Well, we'll do this one, not do that one. Let's look at it from parents' side, point of view. Parents, what about your children? What if they came back to you and said, you know what, Mom and Dad, I know you told me not to do these things, but I, I, I did this one anyway. I thought I knew best. I'm going to pick and choose the rules that I'll follow, Mom and Dad. I'll choose those ones that seem to make sense with me, that fit my lifestyle, and the ones that don't, I'll kind of ignore. What's your response going to be as a parent? You kidding me? Obey. And God has given us very clear commandments. And one of the ten, one of the ten, it's so important for our bodies. It's so important for our worship. It's so important to Him. He says, I command you to shut it down. I command you to focus on me because you're going to forget. I command you to get rest because you need it. And I love you. It's one of the ten. I love too what it says in Exodus. It says, listen, rest isn't just for a certain class of people. It's not just for the rich who might have servants that can give them leisure. A rest wasn't for, uh, it was for all. It was included the slaves. It included those in the household. I love the fact that God says, listen, everyone's going to shut it down. This is not going to be about economy. This is not going to be about where you fit in the social ladder. This is for every single man, woman, and child, everyone in our church, everyone in our households. God has called us to shut it down. We show our obedience to God. Listen, we show that we love Him. We show that we're under His authority. We show that we're on His mission when we shut it down. And we observe a Sabbath and we have rest. Truett Cathy. Truett Cathy makes a pretty good chicken sandwich. He makes wonderful waffle fries. And he has a wonderful business called Chick-fil-A. Have you been there? Now, I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy today. Anyone who wants to go, I'm going to buy at Chick-fil-A. And uh, 
There's one down here on Maitland Boulevard. There's one in the mall. So you go to the mall, there's one right there on a busy Sunday in the mall. I'll buy. Those of you who laugh know that Jeff's true to form. I won't lose any money here. Chick-fil-A honors the Sabbath. Truett Kathy in a business that he seems to be leaving millions of dollars on a table on a Sunday walks away because he believes that God has created him for rest. He believes that God has uh, commanded him to rest and to worship. And he's not going to employ any of his managers, any of his staff. He's going to say, no, we're going to enjoy the Sabbath. We should rejoice in our brother who stands up for Jesus. How about our very own Steve Lash? Blue book sales and service. I mean, I'm telling you, I bought like five cars from the man. I know many of you have bought cars from Steve Lash. And he's got a great spot God gave him right on 1792, way up north in South Georgia or someplace. (laughs) Sundays. A lot of people going by on Sundays. A lot of activity. Close it down. Those are our heroes. But listen, it's easy for us to crank it back up in our own lives. Even on Sundays, to maybe just slip over to the computer and flip it open. Maybe start working on our calendar. God has commanded you to worship and rest. And He doesn't want you to just pick and choose which commands to follow. He's commanded you for it. Not only uh, do we need to... uh, Remember it because it's a creation ordinance, because it's commanded for us in Jesus. But we, you and me, as Christians, we have been recreated in Christ to find our true Sabbath in Jesus. This is where it gets pretty interesting. Turn me to Mark chapter 2. Mark 2. Verses 23 through 28. It says this, One Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Interestingly, we see in the, uh, the Pharisees that are those who can practice the Sabbath but lose what it really means because their hearts aren't right with Jesus. He answered and said, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Now here's what I want you to focus on. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. And look at verse 28. So the Son of Man, Jesus, is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is what this means. This is very, very important. If you got nothing else, listen to this. When Jesus says He's Lord of the Sabbath, He means this. He's the reason for the Sabbath, and He is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. You see, in Jesus, He is the source of our worship, and He is the source of our rest. Again, why did God rest on the seventh day? Because His work was completed. When you and I stop and we enjoy a Sabbath rest, here's what we're proclaiming. It's amazing. We're proclaiming as God's children that we believe in the sufficiency of Christ's work. When Jesus was on the cross, 
In John 19.30, it tells us that on the cross, he said a phrase that was kind of peculiar. He says, it is finished. What is finished? All the work that God requires for sinners like you and for sinners like me to be accepted by a holy God. The payment for our sin through the shedding of His blood was finished. It was complete. It was accepted. And now we can rest. My brothers and sisters in Christ, are you a believer in Jesus as your Savior? Do you know that the work was sufficient for you? That you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and not only have you been cleansed, you're beautiful, you're beloved, you're accepted. The work is done. God will never change His mind about you. You are His child. He loves you. And now when we, when we take a day in seven and we set it aside, we're saying, I believe in Jesus because He's Lord of the Sabbath and what God required of me, He did. And I am resting because it is finished in Christ alone. And we proclaim to the world that we believe. We believe in the work of Jesus was sufficient for our behalf. When we see the Sabbath in light of Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, it should give us a new light. If we love Jesus, we're going to rest in Jesus. If we love Jesus, we're going to set one day aside to worship Him and rest in Him. And if the world says, what in the world are you doing? Say, I'm resting in Jesus. I believe in what He's done for me. It's complete. It's done. My sins are paid for. The work has been complete. And now I am resting in Him. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And what this communion table does for us, it's a sign and a seal that we rest in Christ. And as we come here today, we're going to partake of this. And we're going to proclaim that we believe Christ's work was complete. We're also going to proclaim that we anticipate Him coming back. How is it with you? Are you showing your hope in Christ? You're trusting in Jesus? By keeping the Sabbath day holy. He created us for it. He commanded us to do it. And in Jesus we have rest. And now we live our lives in anticipation for a final rest to come. In the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 1-11, I encourage you to go back and look at that today. I'm just going to pick out one verse. Hebrews 4, it tells us in verse 11, Therefore, we should make every effort to enter the rest. And there's a rest that is to come. For every one of us, there's more as Christians. There's a final rest where we'll no more strive and toil over our sins. And you know what we're doing? We're anticipating that rest when we keep the Sabbath. We're actually practicing for the new heavens and new earth. We're doing it today. We're practicing. We're worshiping God. This is practice for when He's really going to be here. This is practice. When we don't have just the symbols, we have the substance. This is practice. I love what Heidelberg Catechism 103 says, And thus we begin in this life the eternal Sabbath by worshiping Him, by resting in Him. We begin now. We begin it. This eternal Sabbath. And again, this is a sign and a seal. Alright, let me give you some practical steps and then we'll go to the table. Prepare for the Sabbath. Don't do your laundry on Sunday. Do it on Saturday and prepare for it. 
Make Saturday a day where you prepare your hearts. If you've got a busy week and you know that you've got to do a lot of things, spend some time Saturday doing it, not Sunday. Turn off your cell phone or your Crackberry. Don't answer your home phone. Have a family meal. Have a family meal and extended prayer time. One of the things that we've done in our families when we have family meals, we take the Christmas cards we get throughout the year and everybody gets one. and We pray for that family. It's another way for us to focus and to worship. Come to not just worship, but come to equipping center class. Come and spend a day. If you miss worship, go to Northland. They have services all the time. But come back. God has created you for worship. You have now you have the chance to hear great sermons, Tim Keller, John Piper, uh, and the likes on the internet. We in our family, we try not to have any friends over on Sunday for our kids. Sometimes they call it no fun Sundays. But we want to really have a day where we try to focus. And maybe the greatest thing we can do is partake of communion and remember. Remember that we can rest in Jesus. Remember that His work is complete. Remember that He's coming back. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the elders to come forward uh, after I pray and use that time to prepare your hearts to rest in Christ. Let us pray together. And Father God, we thank You for the fact that You would love us enough that You would create for us one day in seven to rest and to worship. Father, I confess i got a long way to go with this one. But Father, I pray that You would cause me and my brothers and sisters in Christ to fall more in love with Jesus. That we would realize that it truly is finished. That we have rest in Christ. That You have created us to have a rhythm of life six on, one off. You've commanded us, commanded us to keep this day holy. And we see it complete in Christ and we long for His return. Father, we ask that the Spirit of the living God would come and You would feed us. You'd give us real rest now as we come to Your table. Prepare our hearts. Let us feed on Christ. And it's in His powerful name we pray. Amen.